Hello and welcome back to the ID Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Rob Tebber. As always, just like to remind everybody to please like, comment and subscribe. Turn your notifications on for more boxing content. Now that's out of the way. There's a packed weekend that we have to review, as well as looking forward to this weekend, the return of Anthony Joshua against Jermaine Franklin. But before then, I am joined by my able guests. I'm going to come to the one who's nicest to me. So Andy Clark first <laughs> <Yes>. and Barry <laughs> Jones. The less said about him, the better. How are we, chaps? Pat, weekend of boxing. Good, yeah. yeah, really good, thanks. It was brilliant, actually, to be fair. Not all of it, but most of it. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, it had its ups and downs. Um, it was quite a few downs, actually. Um, but we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll uh, take our time and come on to all of them before the end of today's show. Uh, Barry? Where were you this past weekend? Where were you, were you Where working? Where were you? You did Friday night? I, I just followed George Groves around pretty much. Speaking <laughs> of George Groves, that's a nice hoodie you got on. We got the, the George yeah. Groves Boxing Club podcast. Fine um, podcast. Fine podcast available on all your podcast outlets allegedly, every Wednesday. Allegedly, I haven't really listened to it. Like, so. <laughs> You're too busy, aren't you? You've got this. You could do toe-to-toe as well. Do you have to- any other to-to-toe. pods? Toe-to-toe. Nominated. Yeah? Award nominated toe-to-toe, apparently. I, I don't know. Yeah, Andy Scott was... Yeah, it was all he would talk about last week. Yeah, is it? Is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, very yeah. self-deprecating on award, the broadcast. Award. Well, you know, if you want to listen to a, yeah, an average yeah. bog standard, two very mediocre hosts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just saw what you're talking about. Yeah, but see, that's just how it is. No, no, I don't want to take credit for it totally because there's other people involved. I don't know their names, but yeah, you know, other people involved. But yeah, but yeah. So I was there. I was in Bolton on uh, Friday uh, for the Channel Five gig, and then over to um, Manchester then with the radio. BBC. We were sitting mere, mere feet apart. Barry was. Yeah, he's know, in front of me, you know, doing his big, you know, Andy Big Bollocks. Yeah. I was channeling my inner Barry Jones <laughs> at times during the Acoli fight. <laughs> I was it? talking angry, about Vladimir Klitschko. I was talking was about turning from the waist. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Boxing a big man fight. You know, I was. Nick I was, mixed all my stuff. Yeah, I could feel Thanks. your presence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. My bullshit's rubbed off. No, it was. It was. It was exactly. It's all he needs to do, isn't it? It's all he needs to do, yeah. It's all he needs to do. It is indeed. But before we get on to what Lawrence Okoli needs to do, let's start on Friday night. You mentioned there in Bolton, Lyndon Arthur against uh, Boris Crichton, of course, which was a late replacement. It was due to be Lyndon Arthur versus uh, the well-known uh, Brian Suarez. I know you were really looking forward to that one, yeah, Barry. I was, actually. Uh, but we ended up with Lyndon Arthur versus Boris Crichton. Uh, never an easy task, I'd imagine, to, to box somebody as a late replacement. No, it's not, but it's... it's it's hard for the guy who's come in at least late replacement, to be honest. But um, we we were trying to sell this whole um, Cinderella man thing, you know, like Steve Robinson for you know, there was no disciplinable title and stuff like that. And this was a turned just to be a ten rounder in the end. It wasn't for the IBO strap. Let's just call it that. And um, but he was great, Boris. He had a really good effort. Made a really good effort. Lyndon wasn't so great, to be honest. And it was sort of typical Lyndon Arthur, where he. He boxes at his own pace. He's nice and relaxed. He, he flicks that left arm out. But there's always just that you can do more. It's a frustration to watch him because he's very technically very good. And he can punch harder than I think his record suggests. And what, But he just doesn't want to commit until he has to. And it took him well, most of the fight, really, to get you know, before he really got really made a dent on Boris uh, Crichton. So, yeah, it was... It was I, I, at the end of the day, you've got, I think for Lyndon Arthur, where he's been now... The fact that he's beat, already beat um, Anthony Yard, who's shown an East World level, you have to be more critical. And and that what he should have done better. Against a guy who's been boxing more at super middleweight than light heavy, let's be honest, coming at late notice. So even if he's fit, he's not conditioned to the same, you know, the 10 round distance at, at the pace, or 12 rounds. So that's what that's what Linda was, was training for. So 
he, sh- he had opportunities to look better and he didn't take them. Though you've got to give Triton his credit for committing. And he saw, and he found a home for that right hand quite early and he, and he exposed Linden at times for that lazy left hand. But yeah, it was all in all, it was an underwhelming performance I felt from Arthur. Yeah, it kind of started as um, as some Lyndon Arthur fights do, Andy. He kind of it looked a bit tentative, and Barry's mentioned there about flicking behind the jab, and it wasn't for me really until I think after the seventh round, somebody had told him that he was behind on the on the broadcast, uh, the broadcast scorecard, and then eight, nine, and ten. Of course, the, the last punch of the fight was a knockdown. We saw Lyndon Arthur sort of inject a little bit of pace into his work, but up until that point, it seemed to be missing from his performance. He can tend to just do enough, can't he? And and I think what Barry said there is is right because he's got that win against Anthony Yard okay Yard avenged it but it happened you know the the defeat in a rematch doesn't erase the first fight so after something like that what you want is you want to see your fighter kind of like swell and inflate and think to themselves that's the level I'm at now if somebody gets me an opponent which isn't really up to that kind of level I need to take care of them I need to stamp my authority on fights and show people what I'm about this is where I should be um, or if you're boxing Boris Crichton, all respect to him, this is not where I should be. This is a showcase for me on a great platform to show people that I belong at a higher level than this, and that's where you'll see me soon. But he doesn't really do that. He's got the skills, but he tends to do enough. And there's been plenty of fighters who do that down the, down the years, and they are frustrating. And you probably feel like, as a promoter, that you will be the one who will get that next bit out of them. Remember Rigondo. I'm not mm. comparing Lyndon to Rigondo particularly, but you've Rigondo. No, no, you've said it. No, that's ridiculous. But that. Rigondo, <laughs> you know, everybody looked at him and just thought. You know, I think there was a lot of people who looked at him and just thought, "I'm going to be the one who will make him yeah. more kind of yeah. fan friendly." And no one could ever really do it because it was just hardwired into him to just win fights. Yeah. Um, He's a bit like this, isn't he, Lyndon Arthur? Like this is how I fight. Yeah, there That's you go, it. exactly. I don't give a shit about anyone else yeah. says. Yeah. I fight this way and this way only. If you don't like it, don't come. But and, That's and it. You, you've got to half admire that. And you've got, your style is your style. You've got to box your strengths. But you can do more. And that, and I think in fights like like, like Boris Crichton, listen, Boris Crichton, that might be his coming on party. Even though he lost, he, he gained in defeat, I feel, for the level he's been yeah, at, sure, to the level he yeah. was then. So he might turn out to be a better fighter than, than we thought he was. Or we, 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 no one knew him, that's the truth of it. So he might turn out to be a good, a much better fighter. So in, in, we won't look back and go, well, actually, it was a good performance by Arthur because Crichton turned out to be brilliant. But for, for what we think we know at this stage, and that all the, all the advantages that, that Lyndon Arthur has in natural size, and experience and preparation for the, for the fight, he should have put on a more dominant performance because you could watch him and think he could do more, put more weight behind the jab, other things. And he's at that stage of his career now where he has to because it's a fantastic division. There's five other fighters clearly above him right now who, who, are, who are all pushing for to maybe hopefully fight each other for world honours. You know, right down to Dan Aziz, who's the European champion, or Craig Richards probably maybe just behind him now. but he won't be getting mentioned. He won't be mentioned with those names. No, after that, and, and still, he, he's gonna be outside looking in still. But you think, because he got that win over Anthony Yard, he should be in that comment, it should be the Super Six. Mm. But it's not, it's the, fab, what, what, would it, what would five be? Fabulous Four, what would five be? I don't know. The Fantastic Five? The there Fantastic we go, five. Yeah. Do. yeah, so that, that's what it will be. But that's it, we're not, we're not asking him to go gung-ho and, and change his style, just, do, do what he does, by all that. means, because it's nice and clean and smooth, yeah. but just put a bit more 
oomph into it's it. It's just the injection times. of pace. And it came in yeah. the 8th, 9th and 10th. Like after he was told, I can't remember who it was, but somebody in the corner mentioned that he was behind on the broadcast cards. He? he came out. I don't think he was, but no, I think maybe yeah. it was one of those where somebody yeah. says you're behind. It was close yeah. enough. Yeah, it was close yeah, yeah. enough. I mean, after seven rounds, 4-3 to Arthur is a perfectly acceptable card. Um, I suppose if you have it that close, there's a chance maybe you could have it the other way. Well, I personally didn't, but, yeah. but you know. But in the 8th and ninth, he came out and there was a bit more intent in his work a little bit more of an injection of pace he started to bring the right hand into play which we hadn't seen up yeah, to that that's point mad, isn't it? and then in the last couple of rounds when that right hand started to land I mean the shot that landed pretty much on the bell it was a beautiful shot yeah. beautiful right hand and you just sort of think that if we'd have had that in three four five you'd expect him to well he did he made an impression late in the fight he could have ground him down but unfortunately as we often quite you know find ourselves saying about Lindenoff we didn't quite see it right we do have to move on but before we move on. Um, one name from each of you. Who next for Lyndon Arthur? Well, I would like to see him get into that into that mix. Yeah. How though? Aziz. Barry? I'm oh. not suggesting you, but different yeah. name. If I had to... Let's say he fights one of those. You won't like this, Craig Richards. I like him, but... <laughs> Craig Richards. I think it would, would be a fight that I think he has a, more of a chance of winning. I, I'd still make Richards a favourite in that, but I think I think Dan Aziz is all wrong for him. It, Dan Aziz's energy, especially after seeing what Crichton could do with less with less movement, with less acceleration and pace in his in his footwork, especially. I think Aziz is a hard fight for for Lyndon Arthur. So yeah, I, and the other guys are maybe a step up, slightly a step above. So I, I would say Richards would be a fantastic fight. But how do they make that fight? Let's be honest. That's the problem. I'd well, like to see that too. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Actually, that probably is yeah. a better for, for Lindon Arthur. That is a better choice. Because I, I think Richards likes to box, but he'll, he'll put more pressure on him, and I think that might force him to see a better Lindon Arthur. But yeah, so but either way, either way, he, he doesn't start a favourite with any of those guys, which is no shame because they're all good quality fighters. But you know, he, but he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Yes, still has a you know a, a relatively bright future. But yeah, but he needs to, needs to in fights like that. He needs to, he needs to show more. Mm. He didn't. So it, he, and he's given the, he's given the platform. Everything was in his favour there, and he didn't take that opportunity. So as a promoter, I would imagine, and a broadcaster, you'd probably be frustrated that he didn't do that. Yeah, either one of those is fine for me. I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult because it depends where Craig Richards kind of sees himself. I suppose. Obviously, yeah, he had sure. that fight with Dimitri Bill a couple of years ago, which he you know he but, lost, but, but still. But offered off the spot on on you know on terrestrial TV. I don't know how good the money would be, but offered the spot if if he, if his promoter would allow him. Well, why wouldn't his promoter allow him? Because he's just getting exposure for his fighter. Yeah. You know, so I think in a fight that he's you know, people would a, pick him to win. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I think it's a good thing for him and for Lyndon. He gets a, he gets a win over him. And then I look with the door then and he's in the conversation with the guy who pushed Biv- who pushed Dimitri Bivol, who's clearly the number one in the division, or number two, clearly number one in some eyes. Yeah. Maybe not in mine. But yeah, and, and then he and then he's then he's back in the conversation. Yeah, he, he bought Shakan Pitters on Channel Five, didn't he? Different promoter yeah. it was Hennessy at yeah. the time, but and I know it was And that was a big win for him at the yeah, time. It was a massive win, yeah. Really big, good win, yeah. Right, moving along um onto Saturday night uh, at the the Telford International Centre. Uh, I think we all kind of expected oh, hang on a minute. Why don't we start with the other one first and then come on to this one? No, we're going to come on to this one first. And we're going to bring go everybody up. And then, go and then yeah, a little bit. But anyway, um, Yunat Baluta, who in my mind is, if he's not my favourite away fighter of recent <laughs> years, he's right up there <laughs> because he's always brilliant value when he comes over. 
Uh, and as we saw again this past weekend, Andy, with a split decision win over Andrew Kane in a fight where, okay, we are still relatively early in the year, even though the year's kind of disappearing in front of our eyes, but that's going to have to be up there towards the end of the year for your fight of the year. Yeah, it, it was just, it's one of those bills where I had a good feeling about it because I like that venue. I've been there uh, once myself, only the one time, but I, I like it when promoters take shows to parts of the country that maybe other promoters don't really go to. It's a decent sized venue. The kind of setup around it, there's a big shopping centre next to it and plenty of bars and, and pubs and, like that. It's and all that stuff. Yeah, it's this, good. Yeah. It's a good venue and, and you pack it out, you get Heaney down there, it's near Stoke, he brings all of his mob and it's just good. You know, it works. Mm. Um, and the fights were good and that was a really good fight. And, and Baluta, like like you say, you can't, you have to love that guy because he's he's got a good story He's got good energy about him, good personality. And it's a kind of contest for, for Kane where he'll be sore at losing, of course. But at the same time, how much does it really matter in the context of his career? You could argue it's certainly not some kind of terrible setback. It's a step forward almost in a lot of ways. Um, he'll, have learned, he'll have learned a hell of a lot from that, from that fight because I wouldn't say he got found out that, that that would be going too far, but you know he's kind of pulling out, sort of quite high. He got hit by quite a lot of right hands, didn't he? There's there's things like that that maybe haven't happened to him before, where you can rely on those reflexes and think to yourself, okay, you know this is this is how I this is how I can do this. And then you maybe go up a level and you think, oh, actually, hang on, I can't, or not all the time. Mm. I've got to get my hands up a bit more. Uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, the the lessons learned from it will be will be massive. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a, it's a very similar to you there, and Barry kind of put it to you in a sense of it was almost the perfect night really for Andrew came from a development point of view, but of course on the back of a loss now as opposed to yeah. a close decision win, which I I, I, didn't I, think I, you, I had, did have Kane round up. Who I had Kane round up. Yeah, I mean I, yeah. Just, I had Kane two rounds up. I think I think let me go back anyway. But I thought you won, but not you, I didn't scream and he didn't mm. get it. But after the first four rounds, I thought, Toss, he's been on a, not a masterclass, but he's dominant. After mm. the first round, he wasn't yeah. going past. He was getting knocked out in the second, yeah. Baluta, wasn't he? Definitely. And I think, you know, touching what Andy said there, what he found out for the first time, not about he can't hurt a guy, because he could hurt him. About And I, I say this all the time, this is my, my new pivot. But it's the same P. Didn't pan he never panics when he's hurt, Baluta. I think that, mm. that that's a, a quality fight when you step up in levels. So they don't panic under pressure. They don't get frustrated. They don't get flustered. They don't know, no, no, they don't know what not to do when they're hurt. And I think Kane found out though for the first time in his career. Got the guys he've hurt, but they've either either, you know, either looked for a way out, were knocked out cold, or felt sorry for themselves, mm. which is okay, understandable. And this guy didn't. All he's thinking about how can I win the fight. It so, is always really interesting, isn't yeah. it? That way, where yeah, when so you first of all, someone gets someone in front of them who, if you like, isn't cooperating. Yeah. You just think, hang on a second, I did. What's supposed to happen now is, yeah. and, and that isn't what happens. Well, Freitas is like through an interpreter, like his coach said about when he beat me up. That, like later, I saw him in. I saw him in in Sheffield. He boxed um, Daniel Lacia on the on the undercard of um, when when Paul Ingle collapsed, bless him, and and Richie Woodall got beat by Joe Kazagi. Um, that. That was the first time that he beat someone up, but they wouldn't give in. So he learned a lot from that because he was going out of his ass, like he just too. You know what I mean? And so he learned. Even though he beat, he won. He beat me up. 
he said it was such a great learning fight for him because he just other people he hit had just got on the floor and I was knocked out cold or just didn't want to get back up so he he knew that health now everyone's you know, I'm stepping my levels now and everyone's gonna some people want to win more so you get to that level they just, some reason people just want to win more they have that it's grit in them and whatever it is and that's what makes them good good and better fighters than others it's not always about ability it's other stuff and he's learned that actually it's not all about just being a bully I gotta learn how to do other stuff and I've learned how to box and I think Kane will though Kane boxed really well like he, he was dancing around superb like brilliant he was making a miss his head movement was fantastic everything but he dines out on power that's his strength and Baluta won't just will not give in throws punches when he's hurt continuously if he hits you with one he's gonna throw four after that every time you know he's a guy who builds on confidence everything he does and it was a struggle for him but I still thought he won so I feel disappointed for him in that win. But I think it, in, on the long scheme of his career, I think Cal Frantham went a bit, like, a bit crazy saying he's, like, you know, he's still guaranteed to be a world champion. I think it's a long way to go to see that. I, you didn't, I didn't see that. Mm. Even, though, even if he were the one, which I thought he did, I didn't see that automatically. But you do think he's potentially good enough to be around getting close to that mix. But he, didn't get his, but he gets the wrong result, and it is a setback. Whether you like it or not, it's a setback. Mm. But his confidence, you know you think oh, I can't hurt people or you know and he was hurt a few times and then later in the fight you know he got re seriously hurt and he was under pressure and, and, and that'll be a, something that he's going to have to mentally get over I think for me I mean similar to his, his stable mate Nick Ball they're both like got that sort of twitchy style they're both big shots loading up from the from the get-go as it were and you could see after five or six rounds him just start to slow down and Baluta's still there he's still coming at you and yeah. he was down twice in the first round he was hurt several times in the first three rounds but he's still there and still coming back and that's kind of what I mentioned with, with it if you'd have got the decision you kind of look at that as okay there's definitely things to work on particularly I felt like defensively Kane was, was too open certainly in the second half of the fight which I think is probably down to fatigue as well and, and all of the other bits but if you would have got it then it would have been the type of fight that could sort of make you one question that I have on him is I mean, I mean he mentioned before the fight about dropping down to bantamweight do you think that's a, yeah. a, a wise move for him Barry it's, like Carl Zag used to say <laughs> I mentioned him I wouldn't I but um, if you can make if you don't struggle to make the weight you're in the wrong weight but that might be an old-fashioned way of looking at things but I do and you've got to be careful how much of a struggle it is mm. he's compact He's full of muscle, so I don't know how he gets down to where where he is now. He might not be the tallest of fighters, but mm. you gotta be careful. If he can make it comfortable, if he can make it and, and still retain retain that physical strength, then it's a massive plus because he's a giant then for his weight, isn't he? All he of a was one twenty this past weekend, so he was only he was only two pound over oh, well, Bantam. They, well, there you go. Maybe he can. Well, why well, why isn't he there now? That, mm. That's that would be the argument. Why wasn't he there from the beginning then? You know, you know it's it's it seems ludicrous to be going up a weight where you don't need to be. But if he can make that weight, then yeah. But I think you might be looking having that if getting used to you get used your body gets used to boxing at a certain weights and having that comfort zone. Sometimes you know. Some people need to be tight at the weight all the time. Some people just need to have that little bit of a comfort zone and box better with the energy. So you have to weigh it up for yourself. And it, like, who knows what that's going to be like. But either weight he's in, world level, it's it's very difficult. That's unfortunately what it's like. So it should be. But domestically, maybe it, it helps him. But he he was he boxed well. I think he boxed well. And all that he, he's, and the way he fights, he's going to drain energy. But like the guy in your t-shirt on your jacket, there, George goes. He had the same. No, he he no. It's what you give to what you lose. You know, if you've got power, but you're gonna, but you, and you, and you want to put the pressure on them early, and you have that wide stance, it takes all that, all the energy to throw your shots. But you might get them out there early, so you you risk fading in the later rounds. And and so it's how you weigh it up. 
That's it. it. If you haven't got power, then someone like me, you have to make sure you're always fit, always mobile, Mm -hmm. and always got plenty in the tank for later on without losing too many of the early rounds. You have to be aware of that. Or you win those, or, or, or you win those early rounds. We know you got like like Caleb Plant, and you know then you got enough in the tank to run around yeah, yeah. and just nick one or two at the end, but just just sail just about, just skip home just about. It's how you weigh it up. That, that's what's so valuable about it, isn't it? Experience-wise, because going ten rounds, people talk about clicking up through the rounds four, six, eight, ten, and someone might go ten for the first time and they win like nine, one, and oh, you know, I've got the ten rounds in the tank, but. It's when you do 10 for the first time in a really competitive yeah. fight. Yeah. That's how you learn, like, as you just described it, how you plot your way through a fight. And hopefully he'll look back at this and, and, and in the context of his career, it'll be kind of one of the most important nights he had because he learned so much that he thinks, like you say, I'm going to get him out of there early. And then it doesn't happen. And then in, in future, he, he might you'll see the signs, won't you? You'll hit someone clean, they go down, but you'll look in their eyes and think, Okay, he's actually it was a good shot, but he's mm, not I, I he's th- not on the brink. And I, I've got a it's plotting your way through. I think you look back and think because at a certain stage he thought I need to take a bit of a rest here, which is right, and and I need to reserve a little bit. But I can box, and he boxed well. Yeah. But someone like Beluda, you give him some confidence by you moving back, gives him confidence moving forward, and then the momentum shift is in his favour, and then you have got to stop him. And, he, and that's difficult then all of a sudden so sometimes you've got to try and manoeuvre it where you, you're still you're taking a rest but putting the pressure on that's where the big great fighters like Canelo and all them they use that front foot Golovkin to put you under pressure Golovkin is a puncher there you go he puts under pressure with the feet sometimes you know, oh Uzik better puts pressure on the feet without throwing lots of punches mm. so he's not doing loads of work but he's making you panic and he also he's not giving you any sort of momentum to, to, to wear him down that's the cruise way to Uzik of course so and maybe that's a because of his sort of style and strength and even though he has good ability not giving that fighter like like Baluta an opportunity to feel confident again and is he, the, the fight kind of played out that way it was, it was more like the psychology of the fight I feel like is the is the big thing for Kane to learn from obviously the physical side of things and the, the, the stamina and knowing about going the rounds but you could see in the fight with Baluta as somebody so experienced has kind of been through the fire and boxed Michael Conlon had that great win over Brad Foster he was like okay, probably probably didn't expect to be on his ass twice in the first round, mm. and probably didn't expect the early rounds to be as hard as they were. But he'd have had a good idea, and then he was able to see those through, and then just make Kane start doubting himself. Polluted is to Queensbury what Lara is to Matchroom. A pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised when they made it. I was surprised when they made it. Um, but I mean, also, it's, you know what you're going to get from him and that you know that if you're not at a certain level, then you, you're yeah. not going to pass the test, which is perfect. Sorry, but Kane did... Sorry, I know you go on, go on, go on. But Kane did really well. I think he yeah. did he did really well. It was, really, it was a great fight to watch. Let's not forget that. All brilliant the, all fight, the technical yeah. shit. It was a brilliant fight to watch. And Kane showed loads of toughness in that fight as well. Yeah, the fire back. When he got it, he looked the fire back. I think to his detriment towards the end of the fight, I felt like there was times where he probably could have done with holding and maybe trying to run the clock down. And he was trying to have it back with Baluta as well. And again, those are things that he'll, have to, he'll be able to learn from for yeah. next time. I, I just think, think that I think the positives far outweigh the negatives. Yeah, 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 the yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, negative yeah. is the L, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it'll sting. He'll, he won't like it. He'll be fuming about More so it. because he probably didn't really deserve it. Yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll be fuming about it. But but I do think, you know, it's it's hopeful it's one of those fights where in the context of your career you look back on it and you just think that was perfect yeah actually. learned a lot from that um, okay Andy going to come to you uh, you mentioned there about doing the Telford International Centre before and Nathan Heaney's raucous Stoke army that seemed to follow him around every which way saw the Jack Flatley rematch after a, a probably less than satisfactory end to their first fight on the Joyce Parker undercard thought Nathan Heaney boxed well got the unanimous decision win yeah Heaney's 
he's an interesting bloke all round because you kind of you chat to him and you realise that you're speaking to someone who is really switched on when it comes to his own career. He sells his own tickets. He's he's built that fan base himself, so he understands his worth in that sense. But he also understands that he's got to keep improving because he's ambitious and he wants to get a good level. He does. He doesn't just want to be a ticket seller. He doesn't want to be remembered as somebody who was who mm-hmm. was just a ticket seller. So he does work really hard in the gym, and I know that's a, that's a prerequisite for anyone who wants to achieve anything. But you look at his conditioning, and every time I see him fight. I do feel like he's better than he was the previous time I saw him. And you can't really ask for much more than that. Mm. As for how far that will take him, you know, he's in his early 30s, 32, 33, I think Mm. he is now. So he hasn't got ages left, but he is trying to maximise every ounce of what he's got. And that was a good performance because he's a good fighter, in fact, Lee. He is a good fighter. Um, I wonder how quickly they'll kind of move him or what they'll try and move him towards next, Heaney, because the problem he's got is that middleweight division domestically is quite tough. And I wouldn't really fancy him against... I wouldn't fancy him against Denzel Bentley or Linus Adofia or, or Felix Cash or any of those Hamza guys. Shiraz. Yeah, right. so that's the problem. One of our better divisions mm. domestically. Barry, I kind of mentioned to you before we got started, I thought he did a little bit of everything, Nathan Heaney. I thought he boxed yeah. at times, obviously had a good had a good tear up at times, much to the, the delight of the fans, but I thought it was probably the best that I've seen him. Ring work's fantastic. It's, not, it's, nothing uh, yeah. it's, it's great, isn't it? It's, it's incredible, yeah. They shouldn't play that song, though. <laughs> but it's just, if that was Welsh rugby, you wouldn't be able to play it. But it was um, brilliant, and but like, and he started really fast, and I, and it, but then he changed, and I, I liked that because he you know, he put the pressure on flatly straight away, he like leathered him with punches. Flatly was so so tough. His face was red raw mm. after after thirty seconds. He kept piling forward, trying to win the fight, firing every time he threw each other fire back. But he boxed well, then he moved all of a sudden, showed a different side of his game. Well, we've seen it before, but this is under a different pressure. And he's got really long arms, haven't he? Uh, he, he obviously just got really he's just big. Shoulders. He's quite big yeah. middleweight, like really big. But he, so he's boxing really well, and he looks he looks ungainly at times. And go, oh, someone with a better structure might put it on him. But I think he's awkward to to to, wait, to, to close the gap with him. And it was really it, he, he boxed really well. Now, in a fight which which was looking like it might have been difficult the first time round, he maybe knew I I have to start fast and be positive here and all. And and, and he was. And then when he we thought he was ahead. He tried to keep enough in the tank by moving around and boxing, picking his shots, changing direction with his feet. It was a good result. And like, like the problem you've got with with him as a promoter, from a promoter's perspective, is you want to move him up, but you don't want to get him beat because mm. he's, t- he's such a good ticket seller. So you know you put him on the undercard of a better fighter who can't sell tickets. That's what happens. You know, and then that crowd are cheering for the main event. Joyce Parker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that and 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 it helps, but. But he will have ambitions. He want to go, and you've got to say Denzel Bentley is in the same camp, and 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 that's that's got to be the next sort of step for him, close to. Though Denzel will probably think he's he's at world level, don't rightly so, mm. and he want to stay there. So, but then you don't see him beating Denzel Bentley. But with his style, you know, and awkwardness, he he he, he, he might pose a few problems probably. But yeah, I don't know where you go with the next actually. And it's the, tricky, isn't the it? Felix Cash fight, I I would right now. If that was if one of all those names were mentioned, that's the fight I would take. Yeah, because he's not quite looked the same. He, fight, he hasn't, has he? Be. No, no he's, uh, he's really skillful, but something seems to be around his chin. 
he looks weaker on the chin and I never saw that before and I, and I don't know whether there's an issue or something with weight or you've had problems I don't know what it is I know he ballooned out when he was out yeah, yeah. he ballooned up and coming back maybe that's an issue but he hasn't looked the same did we discuss that the last time I was no, here? No, but we will discuss it later on because we've got the Anthony Joshua Jermaine Franklin preview. Um, but before we move on from the Telford International Centre, uh, a quick chat about a quick performance from uh, Sir Moses Italma. Uh, another first-round stoppage win, I think 34 seconds, Andy. Uh, still, obviously, very, very early days in a very, very young career, but Italma did what, what we all expected him to do and won in, in impressive style. Yes, and the question with him is as of what's next is just gets more and more interesting doesn't it because they just got to remember how young he is and I don't think anyone's going to forget that but the size of him and the ability that that he definitely does have you don't want him to stagnate but at the same time you don't want to move him too quick either because if something Damage can be done at that age psychologically that it can be difficult to recover from if you move a fighter too fast. But at the same time, two 30-second blowouts is fine in, in his first two fights, but they need to try and get him some rounds. Mm. Um, yeah. It's going to be expensive, though, because not that many people are going to fancy that job, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it looks as though he's going to be back on the Joyce Zhang undercard, which is keeping him nice and busy, Barry. I think it's important. I, what, what I would do with him is... Cause they, and you want to give him TV, TV exposure, but I don't put, you don't want to put too much pressure on him, if I can get my words out. So what I would do, I would put him on early and record it and just show the highlight of him knocking someone out. Go, we had, don't forget, we had it and, and slotted in somewhere on the TV slot. I think that's imp- I think just keep him busy because he's boxing people. Because it doesn't look great when he's boxing a guy who looks about my size and and, and he'll get criticised for that. Yeah. But then, as rightly as Bunty was saying on the on the on the broadcast, they did that with Mike Tyson, but not all, not all of Mike Tyson's fights were broadcast, so they just show a clip of it, whatever. So you know, I think that's him. Just keep him busy all the time. So he's in the gym all the time. He's learning how to adapt to the pros a little bit, though I don't think he needs that much of it. And and he's getting those blowouts to build that confidence. And 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 he'll, and then every now and again, slip in a decent fight. But then, but I wouldn't just put the pressure on having him on TV all the time just in case like live all the time just in case yeah, the criticism you again he might try to know oh, and they might want to get a bigger guy then because they're all under pressure to, to make it look more competitive for him and then he might have a harder fight than he needs at this stage because he's a baby all is trying to beat Mike Tyson's record do you, do you just sort of button on that but the, the Mike type beating Mike Tyson's record thing what do you make of all of that I, was, I, I think it's just a statement you bring out trying yeah. to just, just for just for some more publicity yeah. and it's fine but, and maybe he will who knows? In this year and now, May twenty twenty five, is it that they were talking about to get he, it done? Because if Dubad relinquishes his WBA world title, regular, well, yeah, it is what it is. No, he can he can box nobody for that. No, like so, it doesn't matter, does it? Or he can go down to Bridgeweight and win one of those things. But um, <laughs> if he can make the weight, I doubt it. No. But 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 even you know, I just think it's just keeping busy. Just getting loads of fights, loads loads of fights, loads of exposure, getting comfortable, and and just a little step up now and again. Give him a southpaw, give him a tall, skinny guy who can't punch. Give him a guy who can punch but can't take a punch, and then give him a guy who can punch who can take a punch and blah and all that yeah. shit. I think with the, you build a heavy because the financial rewards for everyone around the heavyweight are so great that you promote them different to any other fighter. You want to develop them, but without getting them hurt, and especially a young guy. Because whoever he is, he's young, and I've known, I turned pro at 18, and, and, and you're boxing, and I was a top amateur, and I was as good as him, but I was a top class amateur, world class amateur even. But um, once you, st- oh, there's no difference, even some of the quality is worse. 
but they're men. Yeah, it's a big difference. And we spoke about it a few times, haven't we? Yeah, they're, they're physically men. strong. Some of them, and and like, and you can like, no, he might not be. He might be physically strong, but it's a different strength. They know how to use it. They lean on you. They pull you. They push you. you no, know, they hit you on the back of the head. All those things you don't you. They you know they pull your elbows and they do all the stuff you don't really see, but you feel it. And and you know, and some kids f like you know fall apart at that. Or you or lose their shape, get frustrated, all that crap. I go back to was as, as my first senior fight. It wasn't technically my senior fight, but I was sixteen. I boxed a kid, a kid who got to the world senior final actually, and I dropped him twice in the first two rounds with body shots. What a performance that was going to be for me! Like, and then he kissed me. And we got in the clinch, and he kissed me on the cheek, and my head went. Now I still won the fight easy, but we were in the distance. I learned so much from that because he made me lose my shape. He did something, and that's what these guys can do. And they won't. They're not going to. I was going to kiss you, unless you're lucky like me. But I mean. They'll pinch you if they can't have the gloves nowadays. Can you? Yeah, they can't. They can't do it. Yeah, they pinch yeah. you. They bite you, or they or they'll say something to you, or they hit you, or they hit you on the leg, or they or they do silly things you don't really see sometimes, and 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 then you go what? And they do it twice, or they'll say something to you, and so, you know, it, it's the development with with a heavyweight has to be very cradled. So if he gets to the record, brilliant. But I wouldn't aim for it. Just let it be natural. How soon do we see uh, Moses Atalma versus a Camille Sokolovsky type, Andy? I wouldn't say there's any desperate rush to do that. I, I think I think it'll happen fairly soon. But I do. I'm just a big believer with him and with with all young fighters, but particularly him is just just getting fighting as regularly as you possibly mm. can. Because Tyson, if you want to use Tyson as an example, I think Tyson got to 27 and 0 in 18 months. As a as a professional, yeah, he fifteen times in his first. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the ten and in eighteen months. Yeah, but that's I mean, amazing. And he it? was just never, ever, ever out of the gym. And one of the reasons they needed to keep him there is because if he wasn't in the gym, then he was good at two things: boxing and getting himself into serious trouble. <laughs> and if he wasn't doing one, he's doing the other one. So you've got to keep. You had to keep him doing that one thing. But it was also the right thing to do, obviously, from a boxing point of view. And I just think it's always the right thing to do with with a top class amateur who's turned pro because they're used to being in the gym all the time mm. it's all they know they're waiting for tournaments but they're in the gym all the time tournaments come along there's not really there's not really camps you're just always in shape because you've got away in every day obviously or every other day so just keep him there and I think that idea about not always putting him on TV is a good idea because if you want him to box every few weeks you're not always going to be able to get him somebody great and then that outing fight night outing might be a bit of a bit of a shambles, yeah. uh, but it doesn't really matter because exactly. But it won't matter because you'll just show you'll just show the knockout yeah. and just get him used to just just get that treadmill of fight week and and what it involves and different places. Maybe get him out, try and get him out on the foreign card or something. You know, if you've got some pals you've got putting on a card in Europe, just get him out on one of them. See, you know, yeah. that, that's a different experience to have. And, that and, kind and, of thing. And the return and, and, of Queensbury, Poland. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether. I mean, they've got loads of links. They could yeah, get him on course, something, yeah. but well, top but, rank, couldn't they? they were, yeah, that's the, the game over just loan him out to someone I put, for a I night. Know, I put him on. I put him on that eighth of April fight. If I could get him on there in New Jersey, Jared Anderson's on the bill, isn't he? Um, Chappelle Stevenson, yeah. and get him on that. Like, yeah, Michaela Mayer's fighting on on you know Joyce's undercard. There's there's yeah, stuff yeah. happening between Queensbury and Top Rank they've got a really good relationships just see him as busy and as often as possible right uh, now on to uh, the other show on Saturday night uh, Lawrence O'Coley 
against David Light. We all sat here last week and uh, predicted a stoppage win for Lawrence Acoli. Most of us, if not all of us, expected it to be fairly routine, um, which I think in, in a way, Andy, it kind of was. It was a, it was a, a clear, dominant decision win for Lawrence Acoli, but again, one where we find ourselves scratching our heads a little bit. Actually, I've got an itch. I wasn't doing that on purpose. Um, with with Lawrence Acoli's performance. Nits. Yeah. Yeah, it's... He's an enigma, Lawrence, in a lot of ways, because you look at what he's achieved in such a short space of time. 26 say, amateur... Enigma. Enigma. Siri? Enigma. <laughs> 26 amateur oh, yeah, fights. Yeah, yeah. Only 19 as a pro. And you look at what he's won, and you look at the fact that no one's even come remotely close to beating him. And you can think to yourself, well, what, what more do you want? I mean, what more can you expect of somebody? But because we know that he can land that right hand and he does have these basic tools to box this big man fight that we like to talk about, plant the jab, which he never does. Uh, wouldn't it be great if he could learn how to do that and then throw that right hand? He can be good to watch. He can be explosive. But he rarely has been in his in his pro career up until this point. And I think that's the frustration is that we all feel like there is more to come and we've seen glimpses of it, but we haven't seen it regularly enough but then again not just the fact that he's got a great record and what more do you expect but he had also been out of the ring for a year and he's got a new trainer and there's there was a lot going on in the background during that year which won't have been easy so there's there's things that mitigate it but at the same time I said to Andy on the way out the arena Andy um, ID Andy that I can never work out whether I need to be harder on him or whether I'm being too hard on him I just can't, I don't know. I can't figure it out because 19 and 0, British Commonwealth European world champion. Nobody's come remotely close to beating him. But we just feel like he can be box office. That's the key. And Sky definitely want him to be box office. But he... But Saturday night was not box office. No, it wasn't. Um, but shout out to David Light because what we didn't know going into that into that fight was how solid his chin was. Yeah, he didn't carry his hands as low as he had done previously when when we'd watched him. Um, he was very very tough, uh, and I did predict a stoppage. But based on the fact that we know how hard a Coley can punch, and and he didn't look like he was going to be that hard to hit, David Light, mm. he was actually a bit harder to hit than than he first appeared. Mm. But when he did get hit. He got cracked with three right hands. Tenth round, I think it was. In the space of about 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. And, and he didn't go down, which was pretty remarkable. And, and that's like one other thing to add into the sort of the whole narrative of the fight is if he had finished him in that round of Coley, the way people talked about it would be different, I think. They would say, well, it took him a bit of time to do this, but that and the other. The ring, and ring rust, blah, yeah. blah. But then when he found that right hand, he locked on and it was lights out and all that kind of thing. But David Light is... He's a tough dude. I mean, he's harder to hit when you're not throwing the right hand, isn't he? Yeah. If you're not throwing a punch, if you're not throwing a proper punch, then it's possible to hit. Yeah. You throw the punch to hit him. I think it's not, like it's he's frustrating. He is. And again, you get you got the win, and, and again, he hasn't been touched and, and and all that crap. But he wants he's going to want big money. He might be getting big money. You know, I think the boxer probably gone out their way to get him. Like that might be a waste of time. I don't know. You know, he's a he's good fighter, and he. But he's not a good fight. He's not a good fight to watch. That's the difference. He's a good fight, not a good fight to watch. Now that's fine. 
But if you can't, if, you know, you box. But it's I, not fine, though, is if, it? If, no, it's not. No, just He's not boxing to his strengths, is he? That's what I would say. You know what yeah. you well, so, <laughs> Just dying for him to just plant that jab. Yeah. They, they released a bit of pad work during the week, him and, him and Sugar Hill, which is the most basic thing you'll ever see in your life. But I really liked it where he's just holding up the one pad and it's just like tap, bang, tap, bang. And you just think he's drilling that distance, getting him used to where the distance is. And then on Saturday night, we'll see him. He knows that David Light's going to walk in on him and he's going to back himself, hold his feet a bit more and then just let that one but two Shane go. And he just never did thing. it. Shane McGuigan yeah. you know, the love of your life. But you know, like he was doing the same thing. He had him doing like the right, the right things. He just obviously he just when he gets to a fight, he decides you know I don't want yeah. to do it now. I don't know what, or maybe you just you know you you go back to your default mode of trying to stay safe or whatever it is. But this touch, like he got that telescopic reach. It's crazy. Forget about his height. His reach is beyond his height. Yeah. Like you can, like the guy can't get near you if you don't like you know you were saying in commentary. Thank you. Like if you just turn from your hips and your shoulders, you don't you don't have to lean forward. He's trying to throw a right hand like like this fella here, the Canadian Lex Lewis, right? He's trying to throw a right hand like that and lean his body into it, which is great. You got loads of levers, loads of power, and you literally knock a guy in the next week. But you also shorten the distance, so you have to know to lean your head to one side and, and commit to it. But the, he would do it. He would do it off a solid jab, so he knocked you back. He touches, touching, touching. I want to throw that. He should be watching Klitschko, like you said, you know, and just keeping that and just having the out. Out like that, just turn. You know, you'll get the distance by because your hip goes, your back hip goes where your front hip was, but on the opposite side it goes the same, the same length. So you're still going to reach and you're going to punch through the target, but you don't want to extend. So he can't get near you. It's impossible. He should never get hit with a punch when he's been going forward. But the solid jab, and he was doing it with Shane McGuigan, but then stopped doing it in another fight. And that whole ethos of of, of the Kronk style is what what was called, I suppose, was behind the solid left hand jab. You know, there's a ramrod jab. Tyson Fury now uses a ramrod jab rather than just flicking with it. So what, like, he can win so easily, and he should have got him out there. And David Light was massively tough, and give him this credit to that. But he's when he's throwing that right hand, I was saying on com, I was doing the radio for the commentary. I was saying he's throwing that right hand over the over the the left guard, which is landing, and he feels it light, but the shot is down the middle, and that shot down the middle is. It seems that you'd see it because it's straight, but it's more disguised because you don't bring your elbow up and you don't loop it over the top. And there's so many things, even the guy can, has to take it, he sees enough to brace for it. Yeah. That one, you don't. You hit him with a solid jab, so he feels that. Oh, you see stars in that way. You see stars, and then you go, wow. You don't try to knock him out with it. You just whip it yeah. right down the middle. When he got through, it was that straight, it was that, yeah, it was, that yeah. slingy straight right hand. It's, right it down is, the middle. It's like, it was know, interesting listening to Sugar I, I Hill. Sorry, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have a Coley throw a left hook in training I mean literally I, I would take I would strip him right back to the basics and go like like you never boxed before so you hold your hands mate so your feet and you go and I'd have him moving in lines front foot back foot front foot back foot back foot front foot and that's how you move back and forth in lines but I think they might well have been doing that but then he just didn't do it on the night because when you listen to Sugar Hill after he might have been talking to, to ID and and he was diplomatic but you could tell that what he was really saying was he said basically you know, I would have liked him to have done more of the things that we've been working on. Yeah. So you can't live between the lines. He basically said we didn't. He didn't really do what I wanted him to do, and, and that might be an insoluble problem with Lawrence. Is that getting him out of that that default? Matt Macklin said something interesting at, at the end of the fight. He did say it on from um, Macklin's podcast. Yeah, oh, from the Macklin's tape. Right? Same one. Macklin's Available on all podcasts. We did three episodes. I need to get a Macklin's tape. Yeah, very pleased well. to hear. But um, 
you, you have an award like I am? Uh, no, okay. we don't enter awards. I just said beneath us. <laughs> um, what he uh, what he said was, and this was when the broadcast had finished. But we were just kind of like musing about it on the way out of the arena, and he and he just said he said maybe Akoli kind of doesn't really want to set and punch and moves the way he does because he doesn't really trust his chin. I never really thought of that because I did see him get stopped by Eroslandi Savon in the amateurs, mm. but in the pros. I can't really think of a time where... Wadi Camacho caught him Wadi Camacho, hand, yeah, it. he's that's the only, the only one. one yeah. He's the only one, but maybe it is that. I, I don't know. The, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's, you touched on it there. It's the risk side of things, and that's what I feel like he's missing. I understand kind of drilling and, and working to what he's good at with the with the right hand in particular and just setting that up. But it's almost like the what we saw on Saturday and what we also saw against Sislak is like the lack of adventure in his work. It's all very safe. He's always, he's flicking with the jab and he's moving away every time he's doing it. It's that failure to commit with his shots. It's something that Shane McGuigan had said after the Sislak fight, which is of course the last time he boxed and that doesn't help having the period of time out of the ring and we've mentioned there, I mean the whole fight week was kind of Eddie Hearn said this and I said this about Eddie Hearn and the kind of boxer matchroom sky the zone thing at the minute is as volatile as it's been yeah it's not, and helpful. It's no, not, it's helpful, not helpful for anybody nah, but particularly when you're Lawrence Acoli yeah for sure but when you're Lawrence Acoli and you're headlining and you're the face of Sky Sports boxing and you got this and you got that and then like fairly early on it looked as though it could go the way that it went really uh, after sort of two or three rounds you're thinking oh no we've kind of seen this with Acoli before where he's not losing the rounds he's not really in any danger of losing the rounds but he's not kind of you don't ever expect to see it coming sometimes I remember the Ngarbu fight where that was a much much messier fight than what we saw against Light but it was kind of like when he stops you unless he irons you out quickly it kind of comes from nowhere you don't ever mm. sit, sense that he's starting to put the pressure on now mm. and he's starting to get there he either hits you and you go or it, we, we see kind of what we saw this past weekend but how does he how does he fare against like a Jay okay. he's going to be moving and in and up yeah, with his feet yeah, yeah. And, we'll, and, and what he should and listen he still, he, the, thing with, the thing with the Cole is that you know you've got to get him. So that jab, that flicking jab is something you can follow. He leans on the back foot with him, to be fair, and can still hit you. That's how crazy long his reach is. So you know, you know it's hard to get. And he set, and you know when he's flicking you with that jab, he set you must hit you with the right hand. But someone who can think with their feet and maybe faint and step, you know, like it's like like a like a little dot, like step that way and go that way, which Arpatayop I think could do that, and will commit. Or no, and then he hits you, and all his tying up stuff. You know, I think now that's because. In a, in a rules meeting, your coaches go in. If you're boxing a Coley, he holds, he holds, he holds, mm. he holds. You're not doing that. We're not fighting. If you're not going to the warning for that, but he gets warned for it, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did he get a point? Yeah, because well, it's the ninth round, and it's the only round that he mm. didn't win. He drew. Mm. <laughs> but but and like, so I think that's that's the problem with him. But the things, if he just does the simple basic things, just if he just all he needs is a. a Jab on the right hand and a double jab on the right hand. That's all he needs. And maybe double up on the right hand sometimes. He doesn't need to throw hooks or uppercuts. He can't fight inside. But, but with a view of him eventually turning, going into the heavyweight division, which is all, what it all is to make the money, all the advantages he has of cruiserweight are massively reduced Massive, as he gets to heavyweight. Yeah. So flicking with the jab now works where because you sit in the back foot and you're boxing guys who are six foot three, six foot two, six foot one, and, and you're having the advantages. It's not going to work when you're boxing a guy who's six foot six. Yeah, and that strength, Ooh, that I'm, wrestling strength on the inside is useful yeah. wherever you go, but and it'll you, be less effective. And, and you're not the octopus in, up close yeah. as you are with those guys because they're the same as you. So, th and then you think, 
Because all that, I thought with his speed, he'd, have, he'd be a real force at heavyweight. Because he, but the way he punches won't work, and you just think that. And looking at that, so, but I think he can be better. He can be much better than he is. And that, that, and that's the thing, and that's why people talk about. That's why we discuss him as much as we do. I think, and why he's been as criticised as much as he has been, because the tools look like they're there, yeah. and we're just waiting for him to kind of detonate that that kind of dynamite we know that he's got but at the minute he just kind of he sort of buries it I mentioned it I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast where I interviewed him after the um, after the Askin fight and we all know how bad the Askin fight was with the the points taken off he got three points three, taken yeah, off three. yeah which is he's, we say he's never come close to losing a fight well DQ he has yeah. in that instance yeah, 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 but yeah. I mean I remember speaking to him afterwards and he'd had two and three I think the they'd had the Chamberlain fight and then I think the, uh, the uh, Luke Watkins, Watkins was in the middle yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember speaking to him afterwards and I, it's kind of quite publicly because it was on a Joshua undercard and when Joshua managed him and he'd said you know AJ had said you know this is an entertainment business and basically what he's saying is like mate you know the crowd were great mm. until, <laughs> and then I went and boxed uh, Pavetkin and kind of looked around and everybody was half asleep and he said afterwards that I'd said you know what's more important to you really and it's a bit of a silly question but I said like you know winning in style or just winning and he said look I want to be an entertaining fighter everyone wants to be an entertaining fighter but ultimately what's important is that I win the fight and what mm. Macklin said there about him not being uh, confident in his chin I'm not sure if that's it but I do think that there is definitely an instance where he thinks something. I have to risk it here or I can just do what I'm doing set up the right hand and if he gets close I'll just get hold of him anyway I win 12 yeah. rounds to nil I keep my world title and I'll see you next which, time which is fine no, it's, it's, but it's a problem when you're headlining after all yeah. of the furore about face of boxing and all of that stuff yeah. that's, right. that's, that's right. where the big problem is because outside of the ring he's got what you need he's a good personality yeah, yeah, yeah. he's an interesting kid he's, he's a good talker you know he's confident I like his I've always liked his style he in that he takes criticism. He doesn't take it personally. No. You know, he's had plenty of it, and other people who were thinner skinned would have reacted differently. And he but comes I'm not sure if he. Well, yeah, he? yeah he's he very is. objective. Yeah, yeah. I think. He, I mean, I remember Shane saying that he felt that one of the reasons why Akoli would be better at heavyweight would be because he would be f almost forced to fight differently for the reasons that Barry explained. Mm. Um, and maybe that's what it'll maybe that's what it'll take if you know that at that weight you can just grab hold of someone and throw them around and the chances are you're probably going to win unless you get a referee who's, who's prepared to be really hard line about it then it is kind of difficult not to just do that yeah. just but win win but in the, any, but any, the frustrating any, thing any is, possible he can still box relative, just as safe almost just as safe as he boxes now and be far more effective. Yeah. He doesn't have to like. He, he doesn't have to take the risks. He's had to shorten. The, like but in he, his head, it's a he's risk. Actually, he's actually shortening the punches with the mistakes. He brings that back foot forward all the bloody time. He's making the mistakes, and that's why he's holding on. So he's making those mistakes. I mean, he can he can eradicate those mistakes. I literally would get him in the ring and I would nail his front foot to the floor with a real nail. <laughs> and a, old school training yeah that's what we used to do that's <laughs> what we used to do all us limpers <laughs> but I mean that's it isn't it like, yeah. like just, he doesn't need to like go over that front foot ever like, it's, but it's just getting him to realise that isn't it you know, it's, it's, like, a, it's a risk free way to I know, fight I know, and, I know, be, but, and be much but better in, in his head he though, still has to got, change he's got a mental something. block with it hasn't he it's like you know when someone's learning to I remember when I was a, I went skiing when I was a kid and the first time I went there's a point to this the first time I went I was horrible the, the first week I went I was rubbish because I couldn't get my head around the idea that 
the best thing to do is point down the hill. Mm. I just thought, well, yeah, I've yeah. got to lean back or I'm going to go too fast and crash. Mm. Uh, once you've kind of got over that counterintuitive thing or what, what for you seems counterintuitive, you think, oh, actually, yeah. It's like absolutely, isn't it? When you got over, yeah. when you go yeah. over the, the edge, if he could just the, do it once, and I think just light was well, the guy because you knew that light was going to walk in on you, and that's what he wants to do. And so, in one sense, you think, okay, well, I need to stop him. I need to not let him do that. No, 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 let him do that. Mm. Hold your feet. So have much some confidence. So much of videoing, videoing in the gym then, and get like a protracted out and all. I get all these analysts and there are all loads of them nowadays, by the way, and and. Again, the showing like the mathematically, yeah. like, like the distance the heat that, you, that you yeah. want the heat map back. Heat map. Yeah, bring <laughs> back the heat map. It's like it was like a four-year-old that was definitely on TV, live on TV. That was, yeah. <laughs> but like it was just like and just show him the distance that you that you gain and you don't lose. Like and, and maybe if he needs to see it that, like I'm like there you go, look. Like it's pointed out. Sort of proper. I think what Andy said there. I mean, we obviously watched the interview he did do it with. Um, he's called him Andy ID Andy, which I really like as a nickname for him. Um, <laughs> with can't Shug- see, can't say his last name. Poor, uh, <laughs> with Sugar Hill, uh, where Sugar Hill said, you know, I think he he referred to it as uh, retaining information, and and um, sometimes it takes people a little longer. One day they're coming to the gym and it clicks. And like we've mentioned there about that crunk style and kind of big heavy weights and Vladimir and stuff. He's in the right. You know, that's yeah. the right fit. It's but it's just learning. He was in the right fit with Shane McGuigan. Yeah, yeah, sure. Same thing. He was trying to do the same thing with him, I think, trying to get him just to be simple and clean. So, But ultimately, he's still winning. So, you know, we're yeah. criticising the guy who, who, yeah. who never who, lost a who second. Who next the for him? We've got uh, the domestic cruiserweight scene, Richard Reactpool there. I think that can still be made into a it's big a, fight. It's, it's not a good... It's not a, I don't think it's a... It's, um, a good fight to watch, though. Mm, I have honest. my, I have I mean, my I mean, reservations someone gets knocked about out that cold, as well. That to be fair, and you probably would favour a Coley still, but um, yeah, I don't think it's a great fight to watch. Almost on the back of this past weekend, where you've got a Coley, and with look, with all due respect to David Light, not a marquee name and not somebody that we kind of know in this country, to p- put the performance in that he did this past weekend, which again won every round, but less than inspiring, should it we say? Set up for him to look good. But it? it means that now you're not really going to get another one of those. You're not really going to get. They're going to have to do something with him now. Yeah. It needs mm. to be a good fight next, because as you mentioned earlier, I'd imagine he's being paid very well. You know, head of Sky Sports Boxing and coming over back onto the platform and, and all of that sort of stuff. So is it going to have to be a react pour next? Is it a Coley react pour? Or it doesn't seem like Badu Jack's probably looking at a Coley thinking, oh yeah, I fancy that six foot, however big he is. And it kind of looks as though it might be that next, Andy, a Coley react pour. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's if, if that's what they do. I mean, that was a mandatory at the weekend as well. That gets mm. that out of the way, yeah. which is always a good yeah. thing. Um, but, but I do think that... WBO rankings up. I do think that that's what they will be looking at. Because they just had to sell them, they? Yeah, and, and they want, with the whole cruiserweight scene, they know they've got a good crop there. That They want a world title fight for Billum Smith. It's not that easy to do because they can't get Badu Jack. He's not coming to Bournemouth nah. to fight outdoors. <laughs> Pataya's got his mandatory, hasn't he, with Mastanak, yep. we, we believe. Yeah. So then you're left with Gulamirian, but Gulamirian knows it. So that might be quite <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. difficult. I, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Although if you're him, you don't want to 
end up pricing yourself out of something which, although you might not feel it's quite enough, is still your best offer. He's yeah. got some it's, promotional it's, issues as well, Gilberto. Yeah, and he's I believe just, he's so. He's just had a, quite a messy split with oh, his promoter. Yeah. Let's just run through the quickly the WBO uh, rankings. Obviously, it's not been updated. David Light, mandatory. Number two, Chris Billum-Smith. Of course, former stablemates, but he's boxing on May the 27th in Bournemouth. Richard Riakpour, number three. Sergei Kovalev, name, would bring value. But again, Kovalev's probably going, oh, me and Badu Jack, naturally smaller, big fight, yeah. could probably do that. Uniel Dortikos, which at this point is a name to us, but in, you know, kind of the wider sense, so you'd probably think that's... Now, there's a man who could throw a lovely yes, long straight right but that's hand. a risk. That's a risk. Yeah. That's oh, a yes. risk. It's um, a risk, definitely. Mikhail Sislak, he's just beaten. Masternax mandatory for Opataya. Uh, Richard Rivera, who of course we saw against Badu Popeye, Jack. yeah, get Popeye in. Popeye. That wouldn't be the worst idea. I think he's, he's going, going back, back down, down to light heavyweight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew Tabiti. Tabiti could make Akoli look a little bit. Tabiti's a good boxer. Tabiti. Yeah, he's got yeah. good feet, good yeah. movement, but also hittable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, you, yeah, as you know, Dortikos fighting. Yeah, he did. He, he boxed Dortikos, didn't he? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In the Super Series. Yeah. I remember that. I remember I did that card. And he boxed people, really well. I did the card yeah. before, but he boxed that favour, Andrew Favre. Ruslan Favour. Ruslan Favour, yeah. yeah. And he boxed really well. Myris Bradis, number 10. Albert Ramirez, not sure who that is. Brandon Glanton, who, of course, David Lightbeat. Ruben Eduardo Acosta, another one for you Argentinian boxing fans. Uh, Ryan Rizicki and Jordan Thompson. Yeah, Albert Ramirez, if it's. If it's uh, uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of was a uh, uh, good amateur beat Julio La Cruz oh, in, really? uh, in WSB oh, wow. but I don't know whether it, uh, everybody always said it was a terrible decision but La Cruz fans every time he lost a fight it's yeah. an <laughs> unbelievable robbery but anyway that's that's not really relevant but there are some decent names on that I think that, on that list but, but the there react, aren't the react were faster I, than me. yeah, yeah, yeah I think so you've yeah. got oh. South London versus East London both like, we've already, they already had their uh, raw intense beef at the, pre that, the premiere that. the other week didn't they you, you sell the London rivalry thing don't you and you and let's hope you support two different football teams that helps and then you have you literally you just show that argument with the pushing and then you just show their high roll, their, I mean, their real, their high, high real knockouts. Look what Sky and, and did with yeah, exactly. the, the example that the more, the most recent example that I always kind of trot out with things like this is look what Sky did with um, Lawrence Acoli versus Isaac Chamberlain. There you British go. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Eleven thousand people in two the O2. They're, they're both of them never won a title, and they're both yeah. under eight fights yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. and they did a really good job of that. The fight was awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, awful, awful fight. <laughs> um, but you know, let's try. But they just, can. They they they, they can get they behind it. They definitely can sell it. I I just kind of wonder if. There's two punches as well, so that yeah, that, yeah. so someone's going to get knocked. I just out, wonder with those two whether there's something there that goes stinker in them though. that goes back a bit further in the day because I remember going to see Akoli when he was with Brian O'Shaughnessy, um, not far from here actually in Bethnal Green. Mm. So it's probably about 2017, and I'd seen Riak pour down at Miguel's a few times with Isaac Chamberlain and and John Harding, and I used to go there quite a bit. And at that stage, you could see, wow, like this guy's an absolute specimen. And he's, but I never really heard much about mm. him. Um, and I remember just throwing Rick Paul's name into the mix one day um, down at the cool box, it was called. Um, and the colleague just kind of laughed. And in a, in a way that just made me wonder whether there was something going on there. I don't know if there, there's anything that particularly goes back. Of course, they kind of Riapol was around Chamberlain mm. when they boxed, and they were both out of that. Yeah, it could be that. Stable. It could be as simple as that. Um, yeah. But I don't know if there is. But obviously now there is. There very yeah. much is. Yeah. And you know, with, when there's money on the line and a world title, you can make that beef pretty quickly. Oh, it's yeah. a horrible fight. Yeah, but really horrible. But I still, don't, I still don't think it, the thing with that fight. I, it might be a really horrible fight to watch, 
but the fitness will be great until somebody gets hold of somebody yeah, yeah. somebody, somebody yeah. get hurt and, and then, then it might explode so remember the react called Jack Massey fight that was another bad fight mm. there was a lot of holding yeah, in that fight he was. had points taken off in that fight as well bad so fight. they both they can both switch your lights out with a right hand or they can switch your lights out with uh, both some, really, both some terrible they can anyway. gradually yeah. dim the lights yeah. until you just lull you to sleep yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but like a lot of punchers they because they don't have to do as much learning because they get their power disguises so they they're, they they're, they're flawed so yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're technically both flawed right okay um moving on to God, we're still on the preview side of things what time you gotta go you gotta be out of it by one but if i can't pick up my kids right he's he's, he's literally okay we might have to sack barry off for the end of it but anyway we're, we're, we're gonna get there um Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez. We all sat here with Deck Taylor of the George Groves Boxing Club podcast uh, last week and previewed it. We all were very much looking forward to it. Barry, going to come to you first. It kind of went how many of us expected. Uh, Deck was the only person who uh, who predicted David Benavidez by points. Yeah. Um, but we all kind of felt that Plant would have a good spell at this the start of the fight before ultimately what we saw happen in David Benavidez's size and and punch output just overwhelming plant down the stretch it was literally a fighter two house wasn't it mm. literally having a right split on the middle so that, yeah, a great star plant he's moving well and picking his spots well but Benavidez just making him work hard walking him down taking shots Benavidez was quite impressive he never panicked never no he's a volume puncher but not so much in this fight he still threw a lot of punches but nowhere near what he has in the past but he just winds you down his physically just on you all the time that presence and you could just see slowly the energy starting to wane from Plant, who boxed really well, you know, and tough. That Plant's a really tough, hard kid. He really is. Like, you know, he got hit with some really good shots and always looking to fire back. Now, at the end, at some point, he was almost trying to hold on, wasn't he? Yeah, going yeah, forward, yeah. like, yeah. just tremendous stuff. A really good fight to watch. Well, the, the fight you expect, to be fair, it was real, like, good quality mm. work. And But when, when Benavidez lands with one shot, he puts the combination together really well. He really does. Works the body well. Took a while to work the body. When he got there, he worked it well. And, yeah and sort of the last sort of four rounds beating plant up mm. i thought it's difficult i can't remember seeing i mean you know better than me you know it's different with roy jones because they're very different styles of fighter but a big man who throws like a triple quadruple uppercut yeah it's just not something that you're accustomed to seeing from a man mountain like that i think well. he does do when they can close he finds a space yeah, yeah he was very good at that. he hurt plant a couple of times it's with really, right hands I on mean, the inside i mean but plant's really close yeah, plant's yeah. the right things in chest to chest you can't get hurt because he knows he can fight the inside but all of a sudden he must turn his shoulder i, I didn't yeah. i gotta watch it again see who does it he must turn his shoulder and push you with that one and create the space because you usually get space you usually sort of like use your forearms or you wait or you wait <clears> in <throat> you put your weight on him and then push back to create the space and pull through the middle but he just sort of goes but then got enough space to whip those really long arms right through the middle. It's mm. quite like amazing for a big fellow. He gets uh, generates the space without there being any space. He's a magician. Impressed with David is. Benavidez, Andy? Yeah, I, I mean, I've always, I've always kind of been a fan, and was just waiting, hoping that he would. I mean, he he won that world title when he was twenty, but I was just kind of hoping that he would get his shit together. Mm. Um, because obviously we've had COVID during that spell as well, but I mean, he he did for a little while there become a case study in in kind of how to cock things up in a not too comical fashion. But you'd, you'd read it on a page and just think, oh, well, I mean, what else could you Unbeaten do? Unbeaten former yeah. two-time champion. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that in itself just doesn't make any <laughs> yeah. sense at all, does yeah. it? But he's just got so many tools, hasn't he? In his in his in his locker and. He really needed to win on the weekend as well. And and I think that 
does play a part where when you've got a fight at that kind of level plant is very very tough and good very good as well and, and he's achieved an awful lot but when you've made a lot of money we talked about it last week just subconsciously at that level the difference can be that the other person just needs it a bit more than you uh, and he really really needed it Benavidez there's no question about that and it is impressive to see someone just not panic and then just put it on him in the way he did in the in the final rounds yeah, I thought it was good Benavidez we mentioned it briefly beforehand and he said they didn't panic in the early rounds kind of I think we all expected maybe, I don't know, maybe you didn't, um, a slightly faster start from Benavides. We knew Plant would be at his most effective in those early rounds. The fight, I mean, I mentioned it when we were doing the preview. The fight I always think about when I think of Caleb Plant is the Caleb Truex fight, where yeah. for four rounds he was full of beans and then after that he wasn't. And I feel like there was an element of that against a much better opponent who was able to capitalise this past weekend, where Plant was negative. Okay, he was winning the rounds, but he wasn't... Oh, I don't know why he was negative. I thought I, I always well, that's the kind of how I view Plant in general. Maybe it's some of a preconceived notion I have of him, but like, but he's but, but he's rattling off combinations though. So I was, I was that negative. I think I understand what you said, but he's he's moving wrong, holding his feet, throwing the punches, and moving again. He's doing exactly mm. what he should be doing. I don't think and and it, and it looked good. I don't think it looked bad. I think the negative thing is is. Tapping, holding, spinning, running, tapping. He did, holding, I did feel running. like I felt like he did quite a lot of holding, and oh, I thought no, oh, the holding was horrendous. He, even like yeah, throughout the fight, and that's what I mean. It's kind of like he'll jab and then try and immediately tie. I'm not saying obviously he's not going to try and fight David Benavides on the inside. It's not necessarily you know it's a smart thing that he's done, but I just feel like when I'm watching him, I just can't ever see him boxing like that for 12 rounds and winning a fight at the top level. I just don't see him... I was just going to say exactly that. It's a really, really hard thing to do because judges like a guy who comes forward And also, physically, he's been 160 pounds for his whole career. He's a big 168 And that Truax fight was was an example of it. And I felt like in the Canelo fight as well, he kind of got ground down and struggled physically to just box that way and spoil. Because I do feel like he spoils quite a lot and he doesn't work enough to win those big fights against the guys who are going to put the pressure on I, I think he's got two guys who are tremendous pressure fighters yeah I that's mean, the difference in, yeah. in different styles but you got like Canelo's are just a horrible pressure fighter and Benavides is horrible in his own in his own thing. he's just giant for the weight so I think I think Plant still beats most other super middleweights and I think he can box at that pace better not that pace I think he can box for 12 I think he can box for 12 rounds or 8 rounds certainly like he did in the first four because the intensity of the pressure would be less against others. Yeah, it's kind so of like the, the, the level, like the, the, his category fight was like that, where yeah. he started really well for sort of seven or eight rounds, and even that towards the end of the fight, he slowed down a little bit. But, but, then, but, but he again, that's that kind of slightly lower down. About than, punches, you know, like Andrew came back earlier on, you know, about, you, know, you start... You know, knowing where you are, yeah. yeah. you got to, you know, you got to, what you do, you got to get you to put your best foot forward, what you do, and sometimes it's to, it's to you know you're going to be tired at the end, but hopefully you build up enough lead and you've got enough energy to... to to, to get out of trouble or stay or stay alive or be mobile, whatever it is. I mean, you've got good feet, like Plant has. He thinks if I can start fast and make you chase the fight, mm -hmm. and hopefully that's why I thought it was going to be a start fast from from Plant. I thought I thought those then like like first four rounds or three rounds, and I thought maybe four to six or something. Benavides would would maybe panic a bit, really force the pace, and then I thought Plant would have a second win around eight or nine, and then the last few rounds. Benavides would just rush, was mm. be too much for him, and and grind on a stoppage. That's what I thought, but it didn't turn out that way. I think he, you know, I think there was a better start from Plant, but Benavides just slowly, methodically. That's that's what it was. Walked him down, 
and just continued to do that. And then as the rounds got on, as soon as he felt a bit of, he must have felt something on the punches of, of plant. Yeah, it's that's kind of how just I a little felt. bit weaker and then sort yeah. of, ah, that's, that's it, how I felt because I, I did feel like there was a period. I think it was like the fourth or fifth round where Benavidez just started to look like he might start getting yeah. frustrated. And then after that, that's where I feel like the tempo uh, dropped from plant. He wasn't able to be as mobile. And then on the inside, when he was, you mentioned it earlier on, where he was kind of grabbing a little bit more and spoiling a little bit more. And he was taking those, what I was really impressed with Benavidez, you mentioned kind of the uppercut. It's also that chopping right hand yeah, that was coming yeah. over the top and that was having a lot of success. That was hurting plant. Um, but you, one of the things that you'd mentioned on the, the preview show, Andy, is kind of would plant be willing to go to those places and I feel like he showed that he was he, yeah, he was did. still willing because yeah, 10, 11 and 12 were really really tough for him yeah he did I've got loads of time for that uh, and, and I, I I do agree that say those titles become fragmented again which they probably will do before before too long then a certain level of world class opponent but just not those two mm. he could still get wins against I think the fire probably still burns there and he yeah, will want so. to continue. It look it looks like that. He's he hasn't just, really got much left to prove though. He's no. been a world champion. He's been in with some really good guys. He's made he's made a lot of money, but he definitely showed that he's got he, he's got minerals to spare, hasn't he? Because you know, that got as hard as it gets, really. And he was firing back in the 12th round yeah. as well. He was really... He's, he's still a street kid. Yeah. yeah. He kind of made that... It was a beautiful uh, quote that he said afterwards. Uh, I think he retweeted it when he said, you, you can't crack a poor boy's chin. Yeah, Which yeah. I really like. That's a great uh, line. A nice but, little poetic But, but as you sort of alluded to, money does, does mm. crack a... No, well, so they forget where they where, where they mm. where they come from. What, what, made, what given that push desire or whatever to get there. Once they get there, then they forget about where they come from. And, and they soften up and why wouldn't you but some some fighters don't and i don't think he has no i don't think he has either it's it's it's, a, uh, mm. it's, it's always that great rocky line isn't it you know you've got civilized rock yeah and that happens to some fighters and others it doesn't you know it doesn't matter how much money they've got they never become civilized was that um, the was that the fight that we needed to see from david benavides was it was that i mean we've the quality operator haven't yeah. he it, who looks red who looks you no know, fresh and in his prime yeah. i think so yeah i think that's a, that's a good win for him that is that's a real solid win people are going oh he's the, he is the monster he is the monster and can know the same in with canelo i think that's what they wanted i think canelo will still beat him i think after after watching that, i think canelo would Still, if he if he can make the weight fine and he's healthy and you know, all the rest of all that stuff and he, and he looks good against John Ryder, which he has to, but yeah, but he's but you know he, but he's in he's he's in more in the conversation now than he has been before. I feel because it, it might be a change of the baton with age and desires and all those things that the different fighters have. But it was a good. There was that was that was his not his. Well, maybe it was his coming out party. Sort of was yeah. It sort yeah, of was yeah. Was, yeah. Because even in the even in the fights where he won, he won a title against Ronald Gavril, mm. and then Anthony Durrell, and yeah. they're not, you know, no. they're not that marquee. And, and he, he looks solid. I mean, yeah. he looks big and all that, but I mean, and he looks. I mean, he, he kind of didn't fleshy. have that puppy. He didn't have that puppy fat though. I think this no. time, not as much as we've no. seen it in the past. And the face looked a little bit leaner but and I mean, meaner. Yeah, he came in at one six six. One six six. Yeah. So you know, he's done the weight, but yeah. his Fine. face his face doesn't change. No, no, like like when you hit him, there's no, there's no, mm. didn't show anything. They're happy with the fight against it. When, you, when mm. you hit somebody and they just and there's no expression on their face, you rattle a combination off. You do something good and they just no expression in their face. You're like, did that have an effect? Like, fucking, I don't know. Mm. Did, did I hurt him? Is he confused? Is he panicking? Does he know he's getting beat? You know, it's just nothing. And they're they're horrible to fight against. No, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of that. So I, I always notice at international amateur tournaments there are some nations where it's just 
Cubans are like it yeah. Yeah. and Russians it was like it it's just like a boxer ever. called Paul Samuels who was a good pro actually he boxed him as an amateur he was a six foot featherweight and like he was knackered because I boxed such a high pace but like I go I have the two rounds I go in the third round I'm, I'm like I'm tired but I'm I'm forcing the pace I was really I used to be better as an amateur I was like quite aggressive but um he's just like, like and he was fucked like more than I was and it was just one look at his face like that Good poker face. No, yeah. You're in the corner going, oh, yeah, but this, I'm going to cement this round now, and you're like this. He was in you've got to be feeling he, the pace. He, he was in the double knockdown with Cello, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, the end of his career, that was, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. these are yeah. actually, that's one of the, you know, he'll, people yeah. might think they yeah, haven't seen him, but seen they have. We would have yeah. seen him without <laughs> realising it. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a war with, with Wayne Alexander as well, wasn't he, in the like, middle weeks? He's in a few wars as well. Yeah. Um, Richard Williams and so. How do you see Canelo Benavidez? Let's assume, um, all due respect, he, he comes past John Ryder, um, looks the same, as he did as he did against Gennady Golovkin, how do you see Canelo Benavides? I think that's a really close fight. Uh, I don't. Sometimes when somebody loses, like Canelo did against against Bivol, reports of their demise become greatly exaggerated. Shall we? Shall we say? And he's he's back at super middleweight now, which is where he is strongest. I'll be really interested to see what happens against Ryder. I don't think John will beat him, but. He is a very solid, well-organized fighter, John. And and we know, as we discussed previously, that the way John likes to go about it is the way that Canelo would like somebody to go about yeah. it. And that's what's going to make it hard for him. But let's just say that he manages to do a little bit of damage, do some damage, you know, playing him at his own game. If we see a little bit of that, then I would I would fancy that Benavidez would be getting Canelo, not at, you know way past his best yeah. but just at the right time getting him at a good time you mentioned it last time boxing's about timing and, and yeah. those fights in particular about timing I still think Canelo wins the fight I still I kind of I think we did this before the fight where it was like yeah. okay if it's like if he's like this and he's like this that which is just yeah. high and ridiculous well, it might be the right it's, it's no, there's been no better time for Benavidez yeah. than this time and, it, and it'll mm. only get you know better for Benavidez because he's still yeah. improving and Canelo inevitably is going to have more miles yeah. on the clock and, and, and improving is important I think if, if Canelo like because because Canelo showed certainly in the first Golovkin fight how adaptable he could be, and and you know was moving well, and the, the guy who's always been pressurising other fighters could actually move on the back foot and still be ag aggressive and still be effective, and he might have to do a bit of both against Benavidez, but I think he has to try and hurt Benavidez. That's the, if he can hurt Benavidez, not knock him out, but hurt him, and push him back not with the punches rather than the pressure of his feet, then. He does a number on just doesn't beat Benavidez. He does a number on him. Mm. He might go he might go all the way. I think Benavidez can take a great shot. I think, but but if he can't intimidate Benavidez, I still think he wins on the back foot. Actually, on the top, those things the back foot. Every I gotta say the back foot. I said that every boxer fights. When you were going forward, you're always on the back foot because all the power comes off. You push on the back foot for your punches. So that back foot thing is, is something we say is absolute bollocks. <laughs> boxing but, on the outside. Boxing on the outside, <laughs> yeah. But it is true though, isn't it? Yeah, actually. it's true, yeah. But, um, yeah. but it's, yeah, I think, but you can still move and be and, and, and be, the, be the dancer and still be effective. So, mm. but it'd be hard against a guy who's a volume puncher. It's about how, how two different styles in the gate the same style yeah. you've got Caleb Plant who's kind of lateral movement and moving on the outside whereas Canelo has his own presence and the threat of the counter will make Benavidez probably slightly yeah. warier of closing the distance yeah, but if you can absorb that counter like like Bivol could and if and Bivol, what Bivol showed is that if you sit on the ropes and Canelo unrolls Canelo always takes a step back to get a rest before he goes again and what Bivol did so clever when he took that step back he went Following right at him, him yeah. straight long because he knew he had the reach and the height and the physical size advantage and he punched right at him and pushed him back with the punches and that made, and that made Canelo 
not hurt because he's got one of the best chin, if not the best chin in boxing, him and Golovkin. But it made him tired, drained his energy. You could see I'd never seen Canelo so tired in a fight ever. In that, in that fight, I can't remember the last time I seen him so physically tired, including the two Golovkin fights. Let, let, let me add, mm. and so you know that might be a way to win, but I just don't know if Benavidez has the smarts. Just yeah, yet. that's what that's kind of where I think. I think he has all he has what he needs from a physical point of view, and ideally, even from a stylistic point of view. But it's just the season I think yeah I think he comes in a little bit in straight lines at times and I feel like Canelo the threat of the Canelo counter might just stop him in his tracks um, one of the things I did see floating around on Twitter from um, Samson Lukovic of course is promoter of David Benavidez is the potential for David Benavidez versus David Morrell you like that one Andy Ooh. I do anything for you yeah I do quite like that one you, you look at other options and um, people were thrown out Charlo um, it's a middleweight, and you yeah, just think like the size that's, of Benavides, that's, that's and he's not boxing nearly two years, Jamal Charlo. Um, and people were thrown out Andrade, but I don't. Of those three, I'd probably be keenest on Morel. Mm. I think of those three. I mean, he'll be after the Canelo sweepstakes, won't he? That that that'll be what he wants. And, Everybody and you'd have is. thought he'll get it because. Who better if he takes care of Ryder? Who better for Canelo than him? Because Canelo wants to fight Bivol, apparently, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He doesn't want to fight a Mexican. He, 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 he wants. To, he wants to fight. Um, so we um, we we interviewed Canelo uh, in November. This is just after his hand surgery, and um, we'd said to him there about you know who do you want to fight next. He says he wants to fight Dimitri Bivol. He beat him. He really wants the revenge. He wants this. He wants that. And we said you know about fighting Mexican fighters. He said no. I didn't say I would never fight a Mexican fighter. I just said like ideally. You know, we represent Mexico, but he's not scared of fighting anybody. He'll fight Benavidez if the fight makes sense. But it looks as though he wants to box Bivol. He wants to, to, to get revenge. And he'd said to us, you know, and kind of misreported about the fight being at 168 and him dragging him down. He wants to fight him again at light heavyweight. He wants to go up to 175. But I think it kind of, it's got to the stage of his career. He's become, he's what, three-weight world, four-weight world champion, undisputed champion. There's a... It's got to be kind of, I don't know, legacy. That he's that pride. I mean, he wants to beat the man who's beat him. He doesn't really need any other accomplishments or accolades, does he? He loves it, and that's what makes him a great fighter. You know, that, but it's just ill-advised. Yeah. I think, you know, just that weight was never good for him. You know, we always do with hindsight, but the, you know, the Kovalev fight, mm. you know, he was not very good in that until he got the finish. So you forget about how, how he's being unboxed. Just remember him knocking him out. And all, who Kovalev was at that time. And... The, and Bivol was clever and smart and all that was a massive if the main things when beating Canelo but size was a big factor also because mm. he could absorb the shots and he wasn't intimidated or, or uh, by Canelo's presence and that's a big part of Canelo's game so yeah back and even though Benavidez is massive and might be a light heavyweight he's still boxing at super middle where Canelo actually is still too small for that weight let's be honest he's a midget isn't he? he's like an inch taller than me or something it's just unbelievable mm. how, how good how, how he's gone through the weights and how good he is. It's just like mind boggling for for his stature. So yeah, what does he? But what does he? Uh, and but then again, any, what does he need in the game? So you know, he is mm. only he's only striving for greatness because he has more money than anyone, and and he's done more than most could ever want wish to do. You know, arguably, when he's one of the greatest Mexicans who ever lived, not the greatest, maybe, but arguably, maybe he is. You know, some people might say that, but he's one of the best. In, and, for, and saying that on its own is just amazing. Yeah. So, well, what has he got left to prove? He's proven things for himself. I, I wonder if somebody, it'd have to be the Renosos, I guess, uh, could talk him into trying to propose a fight at 172 
rather than 175. I know Bivol won the first one and all the rest of it, but let's be real, Canelo is still the guy who yeah. calls who calls the tune. I, I just wonder if someone around him can just say to him, let's just, like, you're giving too much away by fighting at 175. You know, you can still show that you've got big balls if we can just get him down a little bit. I mean... When it's been discussed about the 168, I'd assume, obviously not speaking for Canelo, um, I'd assume it'd be kind of similar about 172 where he said, you know, he wants to fight him again at 175. He doesn't want to box him at 168 because then if he beats him, everyone's like, ah, well, you know, his weight drained and he came down and, and if he's made all the money in the world, he's got all the accomplishments that he could ever wish to have. You know, why not just think, okay, well, that's the fight that I want. I'm certainly financially secure enough. Yeah. I've, I've won all the belts I could have ever wished to win and more. This is the one I want. This is my Everest or whatever you want to call it. And if he beats Bivol at £175, I mean, it's sort of difficult to think of things that could further enhance his legacy at this stage. But let's that's say he goes and beats Dimitri Bivol at £175. It's amazing. It's a massive it's win. Amazing. And they're, 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 there's only a very, very small select number of things that Canelo could do to enhance his legacy or take his career any further. He probably looks at a Benavidez and thinks, oh, well, you know, I've boxed countless kids coming up over the years. What does he bring to the table? Oh, yeah, it's a really big fight. But, you know, if I fight Bivol, it's going to be a big fight. He's going to get paid however much money to box him in Mexico, Vegas, Abu Dhabi, wherever. So It is the only thing, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Or like winning a box box Badu Jack at Cruiserweight. Yeah, it is... no, well, why not? Like, yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, it's it's it he, is he might, crazy. He I has, would love to done, see him. Uh, he's done so much. I would love to see him do that. I would love to see him go to to have the PBC fights and box like I don't know what's happening with Jamal Charlo. Box Benavidez, Charlo, and I don't know Morel or whoever else they have. They're well stocked at sort of yeah one sixty one six eight there thereabouts. But I don't know. I feel like the the Bivol fight um, is a niche that he would very much like to. Scratch. And it'll happen if if that's what he wants. That yeah. it'll happen because oh, when much, you're as yeah. when you're as big as that, you decide, don't yeah. you? Like, your team doesn't decide. People around you might kind of like to think that they they don't decide. You might say the Bivol, Bivol, you're like one seven five. You can only put on three pounds. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, the, the Kovalev fight, there was a rehydration clause of that, which was, you know, very hush hush in fight week yeah. when we were out in uh, Vegas because Kovalev wasn't able to talk about it. But so you never know. Wait, was, but, he, was he drunk? I, 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 don't talk, right. I don't know. But I don't know. I can take a pretty good guess. Right. Uh, before we move on, we are, we are, we are struggling for time because there's so much to review. Do you reckon, should we split this? Jordan, do you reckon we should split it? Okay, we're going to split it anyway. So, okay. I've, final one from the review show uh, Jose Ramirez against Richard Comey um, this past weekend in Fresno, California. Andy Ramirez. First stoppage win since uh, his stoppage win over Morris Hooker all of those years ago. That feels like forever I did that ago. fight. Jeez, I commentated on that, that fight. It was like a long time ago. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but got the job done against Richard Comey, who I think at 36, up above his natural weight, yes. just felt the, the, the size and the natural 140-poundness of Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I, I got quite into this because they... Uh, Sky took a couple of top rank build-up shows, which featured Ramirez and uh, Estrada, uh, Senyesa Estrada, and they both got really good stories. And I love all of that stuff. You know, we don't maybe see enough of it now. Um, it had its heyday, didn't it? Probably twenty-four-seven mm. and all access and, and all that kind of thing. But it's great. I think it really, for me anyway, it just it just it, it just gets you so much more invested in things. And Ramirez has got you know he's got a good story and he's a good fighter to watch. I think he was a little bit shocked by what happened to him against Josh Taylor. Mm. And I think that took some getting over, not just because you could become undisputed champion and that opportunity is gone, probably never to to come again, but just because 
I know on the cards it was close, but it wasn't actually. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't actually. You know, if he, if Josh had needed to win the final two rounds, I'm sure he could have, but he just needed to not get knocked out. Um, and that's why I guess it ended up being tighter than than it actually was. But yeah, he's, he's, he's a good guy, Ramirez. And, and I say he's good to watch and he is a good fighter and he's the kind of person you just love to have in the sport. And it, it was a good match for him because, as you say, Comey, who was all of those things as well, I was really pleased when he won his world title because he'd had a couple of rough decisions yeah. before that. Um, but he's not a super lightweight. He never has been. He's definitely not now at 36. So he's always kept himself in shape. Um, job job well done by Ramirez, basically. Hmm. Barry? I thought Comey was brilliant. <clears throat> Actually, he got well beat. But I mean, I thought he was brilliant. Like, again, out of his weight class, really, I think he's a guy who stylistically was always wrong for him. So busy, how busy Ramirez was from the off from the first round, but he dug in. Proper warrior, he, isn't he? he yeah. really That's dug him in. all over. No, no commits, yeah. no commits that right hand. Caught Ramirez a few times, to be fair, but then mm. they really had a good go. And in the end, he got caught with a body shot, didn't he, on the ropes? And he sort of like he'd been, but he'd I think been down the f- he'd be, the but he'd been hurt before, already, yeah. I think. And yeah. then that body shot whipped across. It whipped. You almost didn't see it. I rewound about three times, and um, and on that fight TV, you can't quite get it right. You know, I'm got like, and um, it's on Sky. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, but I got like a stupid thing on my my verge, and it's like a, a, I couldn't quite get it right. Yeah, it? yeah. And um, but then I, but it's just a whips across the body. So you almost don't see it. So I had to watch it about four or five times, and then he takes a little step back and sort of goes, oh no. Yeah. yeah. And then stayed on the they're floor. Re- they're really weird those punches, aren't the they? Because like you say, they look like they haven't landed yeah, almost, yeah. or if it's just like they're the worst skin. ones. They are because they just they everyone just says that. Like, yeah. <gasps> And, and the air just that. exhumes from your body. It's horrible. There was a knockout but, on the undercard. It was quite similar to that. Muratala and Muratala knockout on the left hook to the body. It was a similar sort of shot where it landed and it was sort of like, oh, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I'm done here. That but, delayed reaction yeah, is bad yeah. enough, isn't it? It's Ramirez just, is variety in his work when he lets his punches go. I mean, like, he, I can't remember the one Sorry, Where does he lose his power, Ramirez? Because I feel like he does. He's, he, when he's letting his shots go, he does it with such ferocity. Well, he don't load up. See, I don't think he loads up. I think I think he lets his punches go, but he, he I, it's, I think it's clever actually. I think he reduces power there because he tries to do too many angles, mm. so he can't commit to going like this. But he whips up, he whips up to whip across. You know what I mean? He wants to, he wants to lift your head up and spin mm. it off his, of his axis. That's really clever because you don't know where you're at. You're in a proper panic, so you can see. So I, maybe that power, maybe is not was never really massively. It's just the fact that at a lower level. You go, that happens to you and you go mm. bloody hell I don't know where I am like you look for the floor it's horrible because he, sort, he sort of goes up across this way that way down it's just shots from everywhere yeah, like, all different angles and the, and but, and that's, but if he loads up he can't do that because he's got to too tense so his fluency in his work is not, not Lomachenko but he goes bam 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 and, it's all, and they're swooshing around but, you, but he keeps smooth and fluent with that so it reduces power but again, he hits you from, you don't see the shots, he's he lifting the head up so he can hit it off the axis as well. So it's really good work. And, and to cope with that, and all, what he does really well is he gets to you. I was thinking, I can't remember the fight that I wanted to ask him to watch this. Um, but anyway, he's, he gets to you and then he takes a step around the side. You can see, and, and he doesn't even, he, and he does it slowly. Like he thinks about it, he goes, gets you on the ropes, bam, 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 and he goes, and he goes in, he takes a step over to this side so he can do that. So mm. he can start up and he comes back around the body then. So again, you can't, when he gets you on the ropes, you can't fire back because he's not there. He's there. So he's a really clever fighter. And you, know, and you just, 
just brilliant. I, I, I always think, think that little step off to the side is something that not many people do, but it's just so effective, isn't it? Because, yeah, well, like you say, it takes you out the punching off the punching line, but it also it gives gives you a better angle. That step off to the side, straight left hand into the body. Ricky Hatton used to yeah. do that. But yeah. you have to yeah. just you have to be aware of what like Ricky would do really fast, and and yeah. but I mean you have to be aware of you have to be a have a calm persona because you have to think what you're doing. So yeah. my, most people when they when they land with punch or hurt somebody, then their focus is just get on him and, just keep and, doing and, the yeah, same and thing. you almost do things like um, muscle memory, just yeah. go for it, and and well thinking. That's why sometimes they smell their work and they get too close to the target. But like he doesn't load up, so when he doesn't load up or doesn't doesn't get it too overexcited about what he's doing, then he got time to go, bam bam, yes, I'm gonna think the move and I go again. Sometimes that can be you can, you can, the guy can escape if you do, but you I think with age and experience because you got more time than what you think. When you're young, you don't think you when you got fast hands you throw punches too fast. When you got fast feet, you move too fast, and sometimes people don't. I used to throw, I say it all the time. I used to throw feints in my feet. I do it as 19. I do it so fast, it didn't work. No one saw it. No, it's just a waste of time. Well, no one saw it. He, he didn't. Didn't work. He wasn't intimidated. He didn't see anything. You know. And, yeah. And you get and people and those people who got power, they try and throw so hard and they tense up and actually it, it works against them. They tense. Yeah, up that's exactly can, right. Yeah. yeah. With speed, particularly because you know you just need to recognise that you are naturally quicker than the other person. Yeah. You don't need to be ten times faster. Just no. twice as fast is fine. Because because sometimes you throw if you know you've got fast hands, you can get loads of power. They say look speed and you no know, speed kills and all that stuff. So, you know, good speed. But if sometimes you got too fast. Hands like I, I was a biggest victim of this. I'd want to go, brrr, but then because you're trying to go fast, then they're all pit pat, pit pat, where they could they're not going to be knockout punches, but they would be bam, bam, bam instead. And then mm. you would feel it, and it's still too fast for him to, to work against. But Maria Mar- Ramirez gets that balance right, and that's why he can move on the target. He, he doesn't rush his work and, he, and he's smooth with all these punches. So it was a great performance from him. And he had the guy who, who showed those resistance fired back, so he had to, he had to make that angle to be to stay safe. Mm. But Ramirez still showed he's a real. real Interested to see what they do with him because obviously we've got Taylor Lopez that we're still waiting for the. Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah, Josh was with him. Yeah, Josh Taylor. So they he looked pretty lean. I thought. Yeah, he's ten weeks out. Yeah, he's a good nick before he got the injury. Yeah, and he looks focused. And let's not forget what he'd done. He's brilliant. Even just focus on even just focus on that on that catch fight, and rightly so. Like no, catch was hard done by, but God, he was good against. But this Lopez fight's a better fight. I mean, we all want to see the 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 catch fight because that's what justice that's what justice should should demand. But him and Taylor and Tiafimo Lopez, the build up to the fight would be horrible, which horribly great, I should say, be really nasty, and with all the people involved, and I love Joe McNally with. Lopez's dad. That's going to be absolutely fantastic. Josh Taylor's dad with Lopez's dad. Have you ever met Josh Taylor's no, dad? No, I haven't. No, is he? It's exactly what you'd expect him to be. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 no, but I mean, Joe McNally won't take any shit off. off yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. That's because they're going to be on, on the top table. But I mean, really so he, he, he said the fight's there, but they haven't been officially signed, so it's not there. So there's not, there's not doing yeah. music and fury. You get all carried away. But I'm literally planning on getting over to because I'm I'm going on holiday June the 10th. I'm going on holiday on on the 11th of June. I told my missus you might have to fly over on your own, and I'll fly from America and meet you there. I'm sure, that's going to go down well. I'm the master in my own house. But that no, was good to see him. Let me just check he... if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I was going to say, are you allowed to stay yeah. for a little yeah, bit? Yeah. <laughs> when he walked in, it was it was good to see him because you know I just I love Josh Taylor like that that win against Ramirez and and then the whole build up to get to Undisputed. Oh, you just really hope it doesn't get kind of lost because it was during COVID and then everybody went crazy about Catterall and then we haven't seen him since. You know he needs to get back on track and put together some big wins because he's more than capable of it. Get back boxing in the UK and and just. I, 
I, I know that he's a little bit, you know, he he's never going to be a darling sponsored by Habitat, yeah. you know, for example, mm. but he's a brilliant fighter and he needs to be celebrated. He's nasty fighter, isn't he, as well? Yeah, and like, he kind of got that, he's got that back a bit and it's almost like the Lopez fight is kind of, okay, I think still the Catrell fight would have, winning the Catrell rematch would have mm. still probably gone furthest to, I don't know, it's a silly thing to say, sort of repairing his reputation, but something like that. But if it's not that, then Lopez, a fighter who's also got profiles, also a good fighter, but also they're going to have that kind of that build up and that angst between them. Two undisputed champions, yeah. You know what I mean? In different ways. Yeah, yeah, what a fight. But what Taylor's done, like, like, literally, like, I won all title like 18 fights. And back then, like, it was, it was, that was pretty fast going, that was. He unified the whole division in less, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think it was 14 fights. Oh, unified it all. It's just crazy, isn't it? And what, by what the way, say, what did he say never about had one easy fight? What, no, no, not in, at all. I, I, said I, mean. this, I said this on Saturday. I said, in, in an era of literally like world, world titles being chucked on left, right, and center at times, and that was my era as well, not just picking on, on the modern era, he did it. Remember, it was 18, 18th fight. 18, yeah. He I'm did it yeah. as hard as anyone's done it yeah. in any era. Yeah, yeah. I remember a guy going to his fight against Dave Ryan, Commonwealth mm. title. Fifth, five fights. Yeah, fifth, yeah. sixth fight. You know, before that, they'd managed to fool a few people into boxing him. And they really did have to do that because otherwise, you know, he'd, he'd knock people down and then the opponent would look towards the corner as if, you know, to their manager as if to say, thanks for this. You never told me about this. And then, you know, Postol. Postol. I remember being at that fight. Baranchik uh, fight Baranchik. was a great fight, but the O'Hara Davis just, fight. Yeah, it just, you know. Of course, it's kind of, you know, he's knocking on the door for yeah. a world title now. You can yeah. see them in a unification rematch at some point. Which just, even at the time, it was always a hard fight. A lot of people yeah. fancied O'Hara Davis, because yeah. of his power, didn't they? You yeah. know? And, and so it was, and, and also, it's because he's it's, it's an awkward fight to come up against. But then we saw how effectively, and how, how we saw in that fight, how Taylor becomes a great fighter because he wants to be on in the middle of all the all the panic, all the danger. Yeah, he wants to be right there. It. That's where he, he he fights better in the danger zone. Mm. In the danger zone, sound like a top rank top a top gun the film. But um, but he sounds he fights better like when he you see and see that in the catch fight when he's trying to box better, box smarter. Mm. Sort of standing off him and he was because Ramir, right Ramir, in in yeah, Ramirez boxing how you were talking about with a coli where it's sort yeah. of turning from here, yeah. Taylor. <laughs> Ramir- Ramirez would have felt, wouldn't he? You know, if I can, if, if we can drag it onto the, on the inside, inside, then I'm going to beat him there. Then he got him on the inside and practically chinned him with yeah, that yeah. uppercut, and you just think, oh god, yeah. like this. What did he? What did he say about Coley? Did he? I said oh, he lived there. He, it- he, he was he was honest. He, you know, he said like, like just what everyone says. You no, know, he, he gets. You know, we're, we're criticizing. He said we're criticizing the guy who's winning, who's, 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 who hasn't been close to getting beaten by anybody. That's the truth of it, more or less. But still, it's underwhelming. That's it. No, that, we all felt the same, didn't we? Let's be honest. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and I think that's he's at world level now, Cody. That's the criticism he's going to face. And because mm. he has chilling power, so you're like, well, it's just madness. Like, if he didn't, if he didn't have those things, Cody, then you wouldn't criticize him. No, and that's I think it, that's, that's what Josh it, was that, trying to say. Josh exactly. Was, Josh was very good. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we feel like because we feel like there's more to come. That that's that's the mm. first just the frustration but I just feel like with Ramirez there's got, got to be something cooking for him around that 135 140 yeah. divisions that top rank have and he turned down the shot against uh, Regis Progre who was in next in line yeah. to watch Regis Progre I'm not sure what the reason was the thing is for that is because fight. again sort of the, the boring business of boxing where you've got Ramirez who sells in Fresno in California yeah. against yeah. Progre who doesn't sell anywhere really mm. um, he's not going to take that on a split that's going to be favourable to Progre when he brings yeah. in all the money so it's one of those uh, beautiful fights that we probably are not going to see, um, which is a real shame. Um, but 
Also, it's a real shame that I feel like we've run out of time for today uh, for our review segment. Uh, we're going to try and twist Barry Jones's arm and get him to stay for a little bit of Anthony Joshua stuff next. Not looking good, though. But anyway, thanks not as always. Not looking good, Brav. Not looking good, Brav. There he goes again. Um, but as always, thanks very much to Barry Jones and Andy Clark and to you who have sat here and listened to us ramble on for the last hour and a half or so. Thanks very much for stopping by and we look forward to catching up with you next time. Hey, 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 hey.